Welcome back to The Blackout. As always, we come to you from bellyupsports.com. He is Alan Denton. I'm Thomas Black, and we are here with you for a week for ATS Pick'em Pod because, Alan, we are now getting into the meat of the schedule. Conference matchups everywhere, big-time showdowns. We've got weeks one and weeks three behind us where we had some of those smaller less significant matchups it felt like but now we've got some mega showdowns coming in week four the big showdowns that's exactly right the bosses are coming to play this week just some amazing games from start to finish in my opinion this is better than week two in regards to just the overall quality of games from start to finish i'm so pumped about watching football this week it is going to be a lot of fun and a lot of spreads to watch as we get into the 10 games over on cbs sports we have to check on on our leaderboard as we always do right now we have a leader antonio who's been up front for a good while now his record is 21 and 9 on the season he leads the way for 175 dollars in cash William is in second place, just one game back with 20 wins on the season. He leads the way for $75. And one of our team captains, Regina, is in third place all by herself with 19 wins. She leads the pack for $25. And each of these spots will get a blackout t-shirt as well. And if you've won prizes with us in the past, you, of course, get the option to shift that t-shirt into more cash. So, Alan, some really impressive play from the top, top of our group and definitely people that have set themselves up with a nice little cushion as we get into really the thick of the schedule right now as we head into week four. You're exactly right. Unlike last year, it kind of feels like the top has separated itself a little bit currently, but there's a long, long way to go. And uh, I think other people are starting to get a feel for it, including myself. First winning record went six and four this week. So feel like I'm moving forward in a much more positive direction. No doubt about it. And I don't know if it's just happenstance with the games we've had through the first few weeks. I feel like I've been very, very confident most weeks so far on the ATS side on getting a good feel on both sides. But we have a lot of people over 500. We have a lot of people with some really good records in the ATS right now. And as a matter of fact, each of the top three people that I just mentioned, Tonio, William, and Regina, have all finished above 500 in their ATS picks each of the first three weeks. They're the only three people that can say that. So incredibly impressive picking from the three of them. And they have certainly set themselves up with a nice little cushion as we go into, you know, some weeks where you're going to have a down week. But when you have that cushion up top, it really can make a huge difference. Oh, absolutely. When you're only getting one at a time, it's hard to make up a lot of ground quickly. So, I mean, they've done a great job, obviously doing something that I hadn't been able to do. So kudos to those guys. Now, you did, as you mentioned, get over 500 this past week, Alan. You went 6-4. and four. You climbed into the top 20 with your week, going from 24th to 19th place with your tiebreaker. You're now 14-15 and 15 overall. Of course, we talked about last week how you accidentally omitted a pick. So, really, you would probably be 15-15 and 15 and be even a chunk higher in the standings. But a solid week for you. What's your thoughts as you look back on your locks and the rest of the slate as we went through a busy college football Saturday? Well, I felt great about my locks, and both of them landed. Rutgers was very clearly much, much better than Virginia Tech. And 
kudos to them. They've improved a great deal year over year. So this year they're a pretty decent team. And then Syracuse, they were just too much for Purdue. Garrett Schrader is really a great quarterback for them. Um, efficient and he does so much with his legs and he's so dynamic and, and that just kind of ends up being the game. And so both of those locks landed more than that, at least on this side of things, I picked against my balls and that spread, I thought seven and a half was too large all along. And that was one, it was some kind of solace after watching my team just totally crap the bed. Definitely. So I was on the same side in that one. I had a similar week to you. I went six and four in my ATS picks. I was able to climb up from a tie for sixth place to fifth place all by myself. As you look at tiebreakers, I am 18 and 12 in my ATS picks all season. And the locks last week were mixed. I did go horribly wrong with Colorado minus 22 and a half points versus Colorado <laughs> State. I just got to eat that one. And you could tell by halftime that I was not going to hit with Colorado minus the points in that one. Credit to the Rams and their coaching staff and their players for having two weeks to prep for Colorado and really figuring things out. And I also won Syracuse minus two and a half points at Purdue. That was a lock party the first of the year where Allen and I are now 1-0 and on the season. And for the first time in the history of the show, we're over 500 with our lock parties. We've now hit six of our last seven. We're now 6-5 and five overall in the lock parties, so some good things going there. But then, if you're one of our paid supporters at either the walk-on tier or higher, we've got a handful of them now, and you were able to listen to last week's Confidence pick and pod I also gave out on the Confidence episode an upset pick early in the week for West Virginia upsetting Pittsburgh. Now, as the week went on, that spread actually flipped. There were a lot of people in the gambling community who happened to agree with me, and West Virginia ended up being the favorite, but I went with West Virginia at a low confidence value when they were considered an underdog, and that came out in my favor. So if you were paying attention to that, you would have taken West Virginia plus a point and a half on the ATS side as well, just like I did. So that was another win that I gave out, even though it was reserved for some of our tiered patrons over on Patreon. So there's some good advice coming wherever you look at this stuff. And some of the information that we'll give you as we go along is just something to pay attention to as we go each and every week of the season. Some things to note in some of those games that I highlighted a moment ago. Of course, Travis Hunter had his devastating injury, a lacerated, what was it, a liver? Yeah, something along those lines. It's crazy. I don't think it was the liver. I think it was something else, but something in there. One of his organs, he's going to be okay. He's going to miss a few weeks, and it's unfortunate that that happened to him, but something we want to keep you aware of as we go week by week. And then on the Syracuse side, I mentioned this last week, that their tight end, Aronde Gadston, was questionable. I didn't know for sure what was going on, but it was mentioned on the broadcast that he is out for the season with a foot injury. So I don't know how many more times we see Syracuse, but just log that away in your mind. He is an impactful player for them. He has been in the past. It's unfortunate he's going to miss the entire year, but just a couple of notes that I would like to keep everybody appraised of. And as we look at the ATS side, Alan, it is important that we don't just forget about our third partner in Zane Chapelier, who came away with a very impressive week against the 
spread, like we talked about last week, neither one of us felt very good, and yet we came away with six and four records. But Zane came away with a seven and three mark, the second best in the entire group. He moved up to 21st place based off tiebreakers, and he is 14 and 16 on his ATS picks this season. That may not sound overly impressive, but think about what he did with his ATS locks last week. He hit on Fresno State minus three and a half points at Arizona State, winning big time in a shutout, and he hit on North Carolina minus seven and a half versus Minnesota, also very easily a win. So when you combine Allen's ATS locks going two and oh, when you combine my ATS locks going one and one, but omitting my win because of Syracuse lock party matches with Allen's, I'm not going to count that one for this mark. And then you give a win for my West Virginia pick on the upset. And then you go with Zane's 2-0 record in his ATS locks. We went a combined 5-1 and in anything that we gave a very strong indication or a lock for on the ATS side. Alan, we're probably not going to hit that mark very, very often. But that is a reason that you should be able to tune in to not only our free ATS episode, but also the Confidence Pick'em where you can get over there for just $2.50 a month and get some of these pieces of information that we're spitting out every single week. I feel like we're giving out quality stuff here. And I think this week is a huge proof of that. You jump on board, you can, of course, get those picks for just $2.50 a month. That's what would get you... Alan and me discussing our confidence pick and pod each and every week. And then if you jump up to the team captain level, $5 a month, you're actually going to be able to get those bonus picks emailed to you. That's where Zane's emails are going out as he's spending his first season with us as well. So he's put some good stuff out there and we hope to continue that. But thankful for all of you who have jumped on board on Patreon because it's making a huge difference. And the best news of all, all that money gets spit back into the pot for bigger and bigger prizes next season. Alan, it's a treat to be able to spin this thing and do this thing the way we are. It's fun to see the growth year over year. Even last week, Kelvin jumped on board, and it's neat to see. It is certainly neat to see, and as we now jump into our ATS locks, going forward into week four, Alan, though we both went six and four in our ATS picks, I had a slightly better tiebreaker than you, so I will start us off with a new set of ATS locks as we go ahead to Saturday, if you're good with it. Go ahead, my man. You deserve it. All right. First, Alan, I'll set the theme. This week with my ATS locks, I am attacking anemic offenses. I've found a couple of them. I think they exist in this pick'em board, and I am going to attack them hard in the ATS side. So first off, let's go to the ACC and look at North Carolina at Pittsburgh, where the Tar Heels are a seven and a half point favorite. They are three and zero on the season. Pittsburgh is one and two. I've already talked about Pittsburgh once here on the podcast just a week ago on our Confidence Pick'em Pod, but when you look at Pittsburgh, they have not been good at all offensively. They're only averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Phil Dracovic has been bad, only completing 47% of his passes with four touchdowns and three interceptions. They don't have a single receiver with 10 or more receptions on the season through three weeks. And when you look at their losses, the 27-21 loss to Cincinnati on their home field, Pittsburgh was outgained by over 100 yards in that game. And then last week, when I picked West Virginia to beat Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh went to Morgantown and tied up the Mountaineers in yardage 211-211. to 211. 
both sad, disappointing, embarrassing offensive performances, but that was even with Garrett Green, West Virginia's quarterback, getting knocked out of the game. So that was a backup playing for them. And when you zoom in specifically to those two losses, Phil Dracovic, the last two weeks, has gone 18 of 52, barely completing over a third of his passes for 260 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. You flip it over and look at North Carolina, and it's offense, offense, offense. They're averaging nearly 500 yards per game. Drake May's throwing for about 300 yards per game, though oddly, at this point, he has four touchdowns versus four interceptions. The running backs have been pretty good, but not great. Amarian Hampton's averaging 5.8 yards per carry. British Brooks is averaging 4.9 yards per carry. And despite Devontae Walker being denied eligibility by the NCAA at wide receiver, who I think a lot of people around the North Carolina program believe would be their best wide receiver this year, they still have a bunch of guys stepping up and contributing and helping out Drake May. J.J. Jones, Nate McCollum, Kobe Pesor, all of these guys have been solid. And when you look at the North Carolina defense, they are showing some promise. They definitely haven't been great, but against South Carolina, They had a bad day against the pass, but they were great against the run. Against Appalachian State, they kind of struggled against everything, run and pass. But then when you look at their win against Minnesota, they had a rough time against the ground game like I thought they might, but they were really good against the pass. And when they go up against a Pittsburgh offense that I think really is not good anywhere, I think North Carolina's defense has a chance to get a lot of stops. And I think North Carolina's offense is going to be very difficult to stop consistently. So I'm absolutely locking up the Tar Heels minus seven and a half. Are you ready to party? Yes, sir. (laughs) It's a party time because I am locking up the Tar Heels as well at minus seven and a half for all the reasons that you mentioned. Anytime that I see total yards difference of being more than 150 total yards, like literally they're averaging 173 more yards every game than the Pittsburgh Panthers. And I just think that that's a massive, massive difference. Not only that, but the quality of opponent that North Carolina has played up to this point is significantly higher than what Pittsburgh has played. Cincinnati is not very great. And quite frankly, West Virginia is not all that great either. Pat Narduzzi knows how to coach defense. They're going to get to Drake May at different times because he's exotic in his fronts and he loves to bring the heat and he's going to get there. And that even may mean at some point that Drake may throws an interception or even two. But over the course of the game, I just don't see it mattering all that much because, as you've mentioned, Philip Yurkovich and that offense is just not good at all. And when North Carolina is able to move it, they move it fast and furious. So I'm locking that bad boy up because I think North Carolina is going to be sitting at 4-0 and and 1-0 and in the ACC after this one. I think even if the Pittsburgh defense plays really, really well, I think they're probably going to have a hard time holding this North Carolina offense to any less than maybe like 24 points or something like yep. that. And yep. if they're going to score like 24, what are the odds that Pittsburgh is going to score more than like 10 or 14 I just don't think the odds are really that high and they might have a harder time scoring any more than that. So I think North Carolina could possibly score more than 24, but I don't even know yet whether we know that Pittsburgh's defense is really all that special this year. They've been really good for a number of years now, and I'm not saying they're bad, but this is their biggest test of the year by far. 
And when they were outgained by, like I said, over 100 yards versus Cincinnati, they nearly gave up 400 yards to them. I tend to believe North Carolina is probably going to put up at least 400 on them and probably get a good number of scores throughout this game. Yeah, very much so. I'm with you, man. I see way too many scenarios where North Carolina easily covers this game. And the scenarios where Pittsburgh covers, it's going to take a pick six, punt return for touchdown, punt block, and like multiple of those types of things happening. Yeah, this feels powder blue all the way. I like it a lot. Now let's go ahead and start looking at our second favorite ATS locks of the week. Well, for me, it's my second favorite. I don't know about you, Alan, but we'll go ahead and figure that out as we go. For my second favorite ATS lock of the week, again, I'm looking at another anemic offense. This time I'm headed to the SEC, and I'm looking at Auburn at Texas A&M. And if you know the spread on this game, you already know where I'm going. I'm going to take Texas A&M minus the seven and a half points. I don't like Auburn on the road in this game. They are 3-0 and at this point, but I don't care about the games against UMass and Samford. You can have those. You can throw up whatever stats you want to from those games. I'm looking at the game at Cal, where they barely survived 14-10 to on the road against the Golden Bears. They were outgained in that game. 273 yards to 230. The fact that Auburn's putting up less than 250 yards of offense against what has been a good Cal defense, but I don't think we necessarily know for sure that they're great this year. I think that is a very big concern. When you look at what else happened in that game, Cal's kicker, Michael Luckhurst, did not have the fortune that is found in his name when he went one for four on field goals. And when you look at this offense again, Peyton Thorne is kind of okay, but I don't think he has very impressive wide receivers. And Jarquez Hunter, who is a really solid running back, has not gotten off to a great start this season. He's only averaging 4.1 yards per carry. And when you go up against a Texas A&M defense that isn't necessarily great, but has a lot of talent and has been stopping the run pretty well, I don't think that makes for a great strategy where I think Texas A&M can load up the box, slow down Jarquez Hunter, and force Peyton Thorne to beat them. And you flip it over and look at what Texas A&M has done. Sure, they lost by 15 points to Miami, but when you look at that game, it was very even yardage-wise, and while Texas A&M struggled against the pass defensively, they were really good against the run. Again, I think that's an opportunity where they have an edge against Auburn in this matchup. You also look at other parts of what Texas A&M has been doing. Their quarterback, Connor Wegman, we've talked about him, has been pretty solid this year, but he's got a dynamic wide receiver in Evan Stewart. He's got a veteran in Anaya Smith. I like those guys being able to produce offense against the Auburn defense much, much more than I like Auburn's offense being able to produce against Texas A&M's defense. Again, I'll take the Aggies, minus 7.5, lock it up over on CBS Sports. Bro, we were so, 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 so close to having a double lock party. <laughs> I'm so serious. But I don't know. Maybe there was some inkling within me that was like, I don't know if you should choose that one. Because, I mean, I'm there with you, man. I'm right there with you. I feel like that is for sure going to be the line that I've got the a and Aggies taking care of business at that minus seven and a half. So I'm with you there. But for whatever reason... I just chose not to include that one. So I guess that was because the Lord needed, we needed differing content for at least one pick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But yeah, I'm with you, bro. Very good. I like to hear it. I like the support and I think there's an awful lot of reasons, but I'll give you this while I was narrowing down what was going to be my ATS locks of the week. There were like four 
that I strongly considered to be my two ATS locks. There are a lot of plays that I like this week. Like I said, the first two weeks of the season, I really liked a lot of plays. The third week, I really had a hard time finding stuff I liked, yet I had a good week. You did as well. I think we picked through a challenging week in a very good way. And I don't know, this one feels to me like there's probably a lot of opportunity for a lot of wins. But what's your second ATS lock of the week? Okay, man. So this is a game that overall, I didn't know that I wanted to touch, but I decided by looking at the spread. Last week, I talked a lot about that the numbers were in the right place. And that minus two and a half for Syracuse, that was just lovely. And did it matter? No, they beat him by 15. But it gave you such a cushion to get that right. The same with Rutgers. It was minus six and a half. I felt like Rutgers was a much better team than Virginia Tech. Again, they beat him by 19. Didn't matter. But it gave so many more options. So I go numbers hunting a good bit. So I'm going numbers hunting on a team that proved to me this past week that I had underrated them pretty severely, and that's the Missouri Tigers. This is a battle, obviously, of the Tigers, Missouri Tigers and the Memphis Tigers. This will be played in St. Louis, so it's not a true home game for Missouri. It's also interesting that Brady Cook is still kind of questionable. He's beaten and banged up after a very physical Kansas State defense. Pummeled him a little bit, but you know what? He stuck his head in there and just delivered some incredible, incredible throws. But even still, I'm high on the Missouri Tigers over what I think is a fairly mediocre Memphis Tigers team. I don't think there's a ton to be impressed by. And I think there's a lot going for this one, even though Memphis is going to be very much excited for it. And they are fairly explosive on offense. But Missouri's defense, that's going to travel. They've got speed and athleticism at all three levels defensively. They're allowing absolutely nothing so far defensively, running the ball, only allowing 85 yards per game. They'll average a little bit more through the air, but that's to be expected. And that Kansas State team is pretty doggone good. We saw what I think that that team could become. This Memphis team hasn't really played anybody. They played Navy, who's not good, and barely beat them. And they played Butch Jones' Arkansas State team, which is like playing an NAIA school, essentially. (laughs) I'm telling you, I think Brady Cook will probably get this one out, and they're going to get Luther Burden the ball in a lot of different ways, and he's going to be by far and away the most explosive, best player on the field with the propensity for uh, Missouri's team to be able to get to the quarterback and disrupt and be able to stop the run. I just don't see a scenario at minus six and a half, even though it's still a little unsettled. I just don't see a scenario where Missouri doesn't win this by a touchdown or more. So that's why I'm locking it up at that minus six and a half, because currently this is a game that's actually gone the other way spread wise. It's gone down to minus five and a half. And I don't even really care. I think that has as much to do with Brady Cook being questionable at this point as anything. And I don't even think that it it matters all that much because I think Missouri's defense and their explosiveness, both through the run game and on the outside with Luther Burden and Theo Weiss, I feel like they're in really good shape to lock that one up. We are obviously 
on the same realm as far as ATS locks go this week when you say you were very, very close to locking up Texas A&M minus the points against Auburn. And I'll tell you that this was nowhere close to a lock for me. <laughs> but oh, yeah? early in the week, I did think that I was going to consider Missouri minus the points. And just because of what we're seeing with the lingering situation with Brady Cook, I have just a little bit of hesitation. But I do believe I'm going to be on the side of Missouri minus the points as well, minus the six and a half. I just don't consider it anywhere close to a lock right now because I find at least three or four other plays that I like a lot more than this one. But I agree with you defensively. Missouri was pretty impressive. They were good a year ago. It's just if Brady Cook is not available, Sam Horn is the quarterback coming in for Missouri. Uh, why he wears number 21, I don't know, but that's kind of strange with a quarterback. It doesn't mean a thing, but he's a freshman and has not played an awful lot, and that concerns me a little bit. But I think you're exactly right that even if it's Sam Horm, if it's Brady Cook, they're going to be looking to get the ball out quick. I think to Luther Burden, get him in space, Theo Weiss as well. I think just let those guys play and then maybe do some max protect stuff, especially if Brady Cook is in there, watching out for that sprained knee. But the knee does concern me a little bit, and partly, too, because Brady Cook was very involved in the run game against Kansas State, and that's certainly going to be limited even if he does play. So I have a little bit of a question mark there. So I can't lock it up, but I do believe I'm probably going to be on Missouri minus the 6.5 points as well. Also, partly because we saw Seth Hennigan at quarterback for Memphis a year ago multiple times, and I'm not overly impressed. You know, he's decent. He put up some pretty good numbers, but I think against better competition, I think that Missouri should certainly be able to limit this Memphis offense. That's been decent, but like you said, the competition has not been anything impressive for what Memphis has done to this point with an undefeated record. And I think this is by far and away their biggest test yet. So I agree with you. I think I probably will be on Missouri minus six and a half points. It's just the whole Brady Cook injury situation leaves a little bit of doubt in my mind, but I don't even think even if he was guaranteed out right now, I still don't even think I would be on the side of Memphis. Listen, I'm with you, Bayer, obviously. And I think maybe Sam Horn grew up potentially as a Vols fan. And that was Heath Schuler's number back in the day. It was 21. So maybe nice. channeling his inner Heath Schuler. <laughs> and hey, listen, if he's anywhere near as good as that, then they'll be fine as a backup quarterback. But Brady Cook has proven himself to be at this point of the year, at least a top half of the SEC type of quarterback. And he is, for all intents and purposes, the reason that they were able to beat a Kansas State team last weekend that I was pretty bullish on. Yeah, me too. And credit to him. I mean, Brady Cook, I had heard kind of in the offseason that some people had the opinion that he had taken a jump. And I think we got very clear evidence of that against Kansas State. And like you said, easily a top half SEC quarterback because, man, the SEC is needing quarterback play like crazy right now. <laughs> it's struggling in a lot of places. And when you can say some relatively good things about anybody, that means you're already one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC because there's not a lot of them out there right now. And you see a lot of great quarterback play on the West Coast. You're going to see it probably at Ohio State as the season goes on. Uh, you know, there's spots, but the West Coast is heavy on quarterback play right now. And uh, credit to the Pac-12 and everything that has going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's an incredible conference to watch. And they've just got tons of riches out there for this one last year. Everything must go. It's a fire sale, but it's incredible for this last year. No doubt about it. Alan, have you wrapped up everything you need to with the ATS locks here in this episode? Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm good to go. 
we'll throw it out there and I feel good about it, but it's go time. I love it. Alan, you already mentioned it just briefly, but last week we had Kelvin join us over on Patreon as a new team captain. That means that he gets access to our confidence pick and pod that we are going to record here shortly. He's also going to get our locks and confidence value picks email that goes out weekly. That's where you and I plus Zane Chapelier all put out our ATS locks and our confidence value picks for team captains and above that allows them to be able to get to our picks in another way, plus extra picks from extra contributors as we go each week of the season. And just in case you don't have time to listen to the episodes each week, that is a great place to get those. He also gets access to our spreads versus confidence value spreadsheet. That is definitely a resource to use all throughout the season, but he's going to get it in bowl season, which is absolutely huge. And when we win, Kelvin wins. Because when you are a team member, a walk-on or higher, if Alan wins a prize, if I win a prize, if Zane wins a prize, if my wife Kristen wins a prize, Alan, I think this goes for Lauren as well. Is that right? It does. There's five of us. If any of the five of us win our prizes, everybody who's on the team gets a cut of that. So we're playing for bigger prizes this year. We're going to divvy those up after bowl season. We're going to see how much everybody gets, and we're going to split that stuff up. But again, if you want the same perks that Kelvin gets, it only costs $5 a month on Patreon. Think about that. It's a little over a dollar a week, and it gets you access to all these resources we are giving you. And all the money that comes in on Patreon is being thrown right back into the pot to where we'll have bigger prizes again as we head into 24-25. So, Alan, a lot of exciting stuff happening, and we cannot wait to see where this thing goes as we have more people jump on board, team members, season ticket holders, whatever the case may be. It's going to make this thing more and more exciting year after year. It sure is. You can feel the momentum growing, and it's picking up the pace. So I'm thrilled about it, man. It's, it's really neat to see. And another reason why you should consider jumping on at the team captain level is we are going to have a week coming up that is just a little bit different. Alan has a very busy schedule and needed to look at reshifting some things around. Zane has joined us this year, so we talked about schedules, what could work, what couldn't, and Zane is actually going to make his first appearance here on the show this coming week. Alan is going to step back to a substitute kind of role, and Alan's picks are still going to be available over email for our team captains and above. But if you want to hear Alan's thoughts on games heading into week five, that means you're going to have to be a team captain because he's going to substitute out. But of course, he'll be back in the next week. It's just something to monitor as we go because we're going to change things up a little bit this year, but it's going to give Zane a chance to jump in here after his very impressive week three, going seven and three and his ATS picks. It's going to give him a chance to get in on the show and you'll be able to hear his voice for the first time. Alan, it's an interesting way of doing things, but we've got more flexibility this year and more reasons for people to chip into the pot, certainly as we grow bigger and bigger. I think so. I think it's great to include some different voices and some people who've been around the podcast for a long time. And that's something that Zane has been a part of, you know, from time at Belly Up Sports since we moved to that platform. He's been a part of the show, which is really neat to have him come and be a part on a greater level. No doubt about it. Now, Alan, as we have it due on our schedule, we have to go record a confidence pick and pod, and we will be recording that next. And if you want access to this week's episode, you're just going to have to jump on at the walk-on tier or higher. That'll give you access to that episode. The money will be thrown back into the pot. 
and uh, you'll be able to listen to our conversation over there where we hope to find value against what the spread tells us over on the Confidence Pick'em Pod. Alan, can't wait for it. Looking forward to another ATS lock party, seeing if we hit on that, and can't wait to see what happens as we go ahead into week four. I sure would love for us to have a 6-0 and week. Wouldn't that be kind of cool between me, you, and Zane? We love it. Can't wait to see what Zane's picks are later this week, and we will see how that all goes down with the best college football pick and pod in the land. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.